Hey there, welcome to another edition of the Live Wire House Party. I'm Luke Burbank. We are going to be getting festive this week. I hope you're all having a nice holiday, by the way. Uh, in the next hour, we are going to unwrap some of our favorite interviews and performances from this year. First up, we've got Thomas Middleditch and Ben Schwartz talking about their Netflix show. Each episode is basically an improvised hour-long play, and they end up being really good. Uh, then we are going to be gifting you. I'm not really a fan of gifting as a verb. I don't know why I did that. Um, you're going to hear some stand-up comedy from Atsuko Okatsuka. Uh, who was so funny and offbeat when she was uh, on the show earlier this year. Then our last present for all of you will be an amazing song from the incredible Amethyst Kia. So don't go anywhere. Uh, we have tidings of both the comfort and joy variety coming your way right after this. I'm Alex Schwartz. I'm Nomi Fry. I'm Vincent Cunningham, and this is Critics at Large, a New Yorker podcast for the culturally curious. Each week, we're going to talk about a big idea that's showing up across the cultural landscape, and we'll trace it through all the mediums we love. Books, movies, television, music, art. And I always want to talk about celebrity gossip, too. Of course. We hope you'll join us for new episodes each Thursday. Follow Critics at Large today, wherever you get podcasts. This episode of Live Wire is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're driving or cleaning, even exercising. But what if you could be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. And auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Multitask right now. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Hey, Elena. Hello, Luke. Uh, I have a, a little quiz for you here at the top of the show. I love being quizzed. Do you know who, who said this line or who wrote this line? There's nothing in the world so irresistibly contagious as laughter and good humor. Anthony Fauci. <laughs> oh, it feels good to laugh again. That's actually from A Christmas Carol by uh, Charles Dickens. Uh, it also is getting the listeners ready for what they're about to hear this week on the show. That's a lot better than the only quote I know from A Christmas Carol, which is, Marley was dead, dead as a doornail. Is that where that comes from? I think so. And it might be dead as a doorknob, if I'm not mistaken. Huh. One of the two. Uh, some kind of door accoutrement. Well, now you have two quotes Yay. from A Christmas Carol that you can trot out next year when we get together at parties in real life. Uh, for now times, are you ready to do the show? I am so ready. Molly, are we recording? We are recording. All right. Take it away, Elena. <laughs> From PRX, it's Livewire, recorded from our actual houses. Welcome to the Livewire House Party. This week, improv duo Thomas Middleditch and Ben Schwartz, comedian Atsuko Okatsuka, and music from Amethyst Kia. I'm your announcer, Elena Passarello, and now, the host of Livewire, Lou Burbank. Uh, thank you so much, Elena Passarello. 
that is angelic. Yeah. <laughs> or we're getting some feedback in the line. I can't. One of the two things is happening. Um, thanks, everybody, for tuning in this week. Uh, of course, uh, we like to ask the Livewire audience a question each week and get their responses to that this week. The question we asked was, what's the naughtiest or nicest thing you did this year? Mm. Uh, we're going to get to some of those responses in a minute. First, let me ask you, Elena, uh, what is the naughtiest or nicest thing you think you did mm. this year? Well, I did something really nice, but it's the kind of mm. thing that you're supposed to tell people about, and I didn't tell anybody about it, so that was kind of naughty. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, let me hear it. What, what did you do that was On nice? Leap Day, which is February 29th, 2020, I got married. Wait. <laughs> what? Yeah. Merry Christmas. This whole year, you and your partner, David, have been uh, wedded? Yes. Congratulations. Uh, thanks. Well, you know, um, it's been the same as it was before we got married. So, uh, But I did it because, you know, I'm working on this Elvis book. And uh-huh. I was going to spend the whole year kind of going around the country doing fun Elvis things. And we thought, you know, leap day, it would be very funny. We've been together for a very long time. If I w- we went to <laughs> Vegas and got married by an Elvis impersonator, and that is exactly what we did. <laughs> but then I felt like such an idiot about it. And I didn't, I didn't know. I'm not a marriage kind of a person, really. I didn't want to tell anybody. Uh, so we essentially eloped. We told our parents. And when I told my mother, she said, I'm never going to tell anyone that because it's too stupid. <laughs> Wait, the, the the style of the, the actual wedding yeah. and on leap day, meaning you only have to celebrate once every four That's years. Right. Essentially. And I was wearing like a skin tight white lace jumpsuit and a leather jacket. And, you know, like it was just a, just a very silly uh, thing. The guy who married us ended up marrying that guy who plays Hopper on Stranger Things later in the year. We saw on Instagram. <laughs> Are you kidding nope. me? He also married John Bon Jovi. There is so much to process right now, Passarello. <laughs> I mean, first of all, congratulations. That's amazing. I'm so happy for you oh, both. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, then it was February 29th. So I came back and we I got sick and then we went into lockdown. So we've been on the world's weirdest nine-month honeymoon, just the two of us, <laughs> forever. <laughs> I feel like we need to cancel the rest of the show and just, I mean, no. the Livewire staff is in the chat function They're on this Zoom their call. Minds. Just Everyone's <laughs> losing their minds. This is really big news in our world. <laughs> but we're happy for both of you. Congratulations. That's amazing. Uh, my little act of naughtiness this year now seems to really pale in comparison. I doubt that. It's a very 2020 naughty thing to do, which is um, last week I got roped into one of those like social hangouts on Zoom where somebody is doing uh, like a cocktail party right. hangout. Yes. And I just, let's be honest with each other. Nobody wants to go to those no. things. And, you know, we love and miss our friends, but it's like, that's not the same. But I ended up doing it. And then at some point I just realized, I was really done staring into a computer screen mm-hmm. for the night, but I also didn't want to make a big deal out of it and tell everybody that I was leaving because I didn't want to have to explain that this was kind of boring. Okay. And so I might have just stood very still. <laughs> so it kind of looked like my screen froze and then very subtly uh. moved my arm <laughs> around to the mouse and then ended the meeting from my perspective. And then I may have allowed them to think I was just having a really dodgy internet connection. So basically you invented the Zoom Irish goodbye. Yes, or the French (laughs) exit, exit. depending on your preference. Yeah, I'm I'm not proud of that. If they're listening right now, I'm sorry. Um, But anyway, yeah. What are the listeners saying are some naughty or nice things that they did in 2020? Well, you know what, Burbank? You get to take your pick. Would you like to hear a naughty 
contribution or a nice contribution? Let's hear a nice one. Okay. Um, I am proud to say, says Tracy, that I have returned my shopping cart to the store every time this year, even at Trader Joe's where there are no cart returns and you have to weave through the parking garage to bring it back to the entrance. (laughs) Hashtag local hero. (laughs) I am so with Tracy on this one. I feel like, you know, we live in a society. It feels like it's falling apart a lot of the Mm -hmm. time. But one of the things that separates us from the beasts of the field is that we're supposed to wheel mm-hmm. the, the grocery cart back to its home. Yes. It, its home is not resting halfway up on a curb. Nope. It takes like two minutes. And every time that I do it, I'm sort of annoyed that I'm having to do it. But I also don't want to be one of the people contributing to the problem. Yeah. So Yeah, I even like divide the small carts and the large carts so that they can go into the carousel mm-hmm. um, because it's like the only orderly thing I think that I do. Like it's the, the <laughs> right. only place where my where I believe that chaos should not reign. <laughs> okay, uh, one more quick one. Here's one uh, from Phil. Phil, in okay. terms of the naughtiest or nicest thing he did this year, quote, I have no comment until the statute of limitations runs out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I am um, I wonder about that a lot because I was, you know, in my uh, 20s, let's just say I bent a few rules. You're a little naughty. Doing these shows, of course, is a lot of talking about our real lives. And every once in a while, I wonder if I let something slip that is still within the statute of limitations. <laughs> One time I threw a guy's hat out the window just for fun. I didn't even know him. I was in my 20s. Of a moving vehicle. No, out of the house. But it was like one of those yeah. houses with a weird alleyway in the city. I just took the hat off his head. I walked into the room, took the hat off his head and threw it out the window. It's like the naughtiest thing I've ever done. <laughs> I think not telling us you were married was was yes. fairly naughty. Only because we could have thrown you a party. We could have somehow celebrated. Can I jump out of my own wedding cake? <laughs> yes, you absolutely can. This is the Livewire House Party. I'm Luke Burbank. That's Elena Passarello. Let's invite our first guests over. Of course, one of the things that we all started doing when we went into quarantine was to power watch everything on Netflix and other such streaming services. Uh, One of my very favorite things that I saw on Netflix this last year was Middle Ditch and Schwartz. Oh, yeah. It was amazing. Run, don't walk, America. (laughs) Seriously. It's Thomas Middle Ditch from Silicon Valley and Ben Schwartz, who you might know from Parks and Rec. And they go up on stage and the audience gives them a starting point Uh, for an improvised play that is just incredible. I mean, it's funny, it's heartfelt, it's totally riveting. And so we were able to get Thomas and Ben on the show that we recorded back in June of this year. Take a listen to this. Thomas Middleditch and Ben Schwartz, welcome to the show. My goodness, thanks for having us. Thanks for inviting us to the party. I was so blown away by this show, Middleditch and Schwartz, on Netflix. I was telling you guys before we started recording that I was laughing harder than I've probably laughed in a long oh. time at anything. And my response was to take to Twitter and just, it was like I was in a boat that was going down. I was like, I need attention right now. You need to know how funny Middle Ditch and Schwartz is. <laughs> That's so nice of you. Yes. Thanks, man. How did you two actually meet? We, I, I, in New York City, I held an underground fight ring. Mm-hmm. And Ben was, he worked his way up to champion. And I respect that. And uh, that's what it took. And then when I was champion, the fight actually was with Thomas because Thomas because he yeah, owns. I'm the, the last board. I'm M Bison. Yeah, he's M Bison. 
Um, so I got through all the different ones, and then when we fought, it, we had the same exact fighting style. So we always were blocking mm. each other, almost mm. like when Zelda fights Zelda in Zelda Two. Of all course, our the punches reference that everybody hit knows. the yeah, other hit punch. Each. And then we said, you know what? Instead of fighting, why don't we just why don't we do comedians. some improv? Why don't we do long form improv for for zero people for eighteen years until anybody cares? Wait, I had just moved to New York City from Chicago after doing a lot of improv comedy there, and we had just seen each other. Because there's this uh, annual improv uh, jamboree, as it were, called the Del Close Festival, the Del Close Marathon, and mm-hmm. uh, we'd seen each other there over the years, and we just were like, "Hey, let's 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 try it out," and we became friends. We ate some pizza and we did some prov. Does anybody call it prov? Is that like the term of art in the industry? <laughs> only the cool kids. Only the people who are most knowledgeable out of it. About I think prov. Thomas is the only one I've ever heard in my entire life call it prov. <laughs> Just prov. Only the, the best fighters are allowed <laughs> the, the honor fighters. of calling right. it prov. That's right. Yeah. That's uh, correct. Um, the, the first time that you guys started doing this long form improvising, how did it go in the early days? Hmm. I think, uh, but Thomas has a better recollection of our first show than I do. We would do shows for like five minutes and then, you know, nobody's in the audience and um, we must have been good because we kept doing it. But Thomas, you have a better recollection of the beginning part than I do. Oh, I just, there used to be a show, um, it was called School Night. It was every Wednesday at UCB Chelsea, which is under a grocery store that sadly is no longer with us for now. And um, yeah, we would go up there at 11 p.m. and have an eight minute set and... I remember our show just being, I think we asked for someone who had a particularly lame summer job and someone said like, I used to be, I used to serve ice cream. And then we built this kind of world in this shop that sold ice cream. This is the the glimpses I remember, but it's strange. Like, although we ended up, we experimented with different types of shows since then, that, that type of show where we created a world and all these characters that kind of knew each other and a little story evolved from it that ended up being the format that we settled on next amount of mm. years later huh. and, and really took it to the top of what prov can do mm-hmm. <laughs> top of the prov as they say top of the prov <laughs> did you guys just keep like expanding the the length of of the prov yeah. like you go from five minutes to 20 minutes to like doing a full hour that really becomes kind of a two-person play really mm-hmm. yeah we, we at the beginning we weren't you know we would only be given eight minutes and we barely had anybody come see us and slowly we were able to do 30 minutes and like maybe it's half full and then we did another one and then it's like f- totally full and then we did more and then the big jump came when we went to this place called Largo we got out of the UCB theater uh, not out of here it, in, we here in LA Largo just yeah correct yeah, cool. uh, Largo in LA uh, it's on La Cienega and it's you know the home to like Sarah Silverman Patton Oswalt but also John Bryan and like great music music and stuff like that and um they took thomas and i over there so we started doing shows there and we had an hour long slot so we started doing hour and 15 minute shows hour 20 minute shows and that's when exactly what you said where we got to really start to fill out the world a bit more and show a dialogue and complete a story and stuff like that so we started to really flex those muscles Hmm. and then um after we did uh after we did that we just started to tour so how do you train for it? Do you just throw yourself into an hour-long format and figure it out and then revise later? Or, I mean, are you guys like in a gym with like... <laughs> Rocky montage? We're in a gym just going, yes, and, yes, <laughs> yes, <Right>. and. <laughs> to have it, uh, to have it um, laid out clearly, I guess, I mean, Ben and I both have been doing improv for over 20 years. I was fortunate enough that my eighth grade in middle school had an improv team in Canada. There's a thing called um, theater sports, which is just short form improv games where like teams from schools can compete with each other. And 
eventually that grew into Ben going to UCB and, and me studying at Second City and, and uh, IO or Improv Olympic as it was formerly called. So we've had like, you know, formal training and it's, it's a lot of philosophy. It's a few kind of golden rules. And when you get more comfortable with it, all those rules and all those, all that philosophy gets more flexible, but mm-hmm. uh, we've definitely put in some time. So it's muscles, yeah, like you've, you've got shows. muscles. It really is. I think you like the idea of working out our brains is kind of what this is. And also not even that working it out with Thomas on stage. So we really know where each other are going to go and how we're going to feel. And like, cause obviously nothing is written. You're doing it off of like the ex- amount of experience you have with that person and the talent that you have combined together. So Thomas and I just happen to work very, very well together on stage. And, and we like each other. I mean, you also see on stage mm-hmm. just two friends trying to make each other laugh, having a good time. This is the Livewire House Party coming to you by way of PRX. I'm Luke Burbank at my house. Uh, over at her house, very besweatered this week is <laughs> Elena Passarello. It's, it is not a subtle sweater, is it? <laughs> it's just a lot of sweater. It looks like maybe you took an Afghan and <laughs> just sort of wrapped yourself in it, slanket style, but it looks very cozy. Yes, I need that soothing touch of yeah. knitwear today. Uh, we are listening to a conversation we recorded Back in June with Thomas Middleditch and Ben Schwartz. They have a show on Netflix, Middleditch and Schwartz. We're going to talk to them more in just a moment. Stay with us. Hey, Elena. Hey, Luke. I didn't see you there. It's that time of year again. My seasonal allergies are back. Oh, congratulations. But also, it's our spring member drive, which is happening right now through May 17th. Oh, I like that much more than seasonal allergies. Yeah, if you are not yet a member of Livewire's League of Extraordinary Listeners, well, now is the time to do it. Why? Well, because this League of Extraordinary Listeners uh, is what keeps the lights on over at Livewire Inc., uh, which is definitely not the association that we are part of. I'm probably a 501c3. They don't let me near any of the paperwork mm-hmm. or bookkeeping, and it's really better that way. Yes. Point is, we we are only able to keep doing this show because of support from our members, and we would love it if you could join us in that right now. Plus, there are all kinds of sweet perks, including uh, special discounted tickets to live recordings, on-air shout-outs, exclusive content, uh, and Elena, uh, one more thing that, of course, we would not be a self-respecting public radio show if we didn't offer this. If we didn't offer the most iconic public radio swag of all time, a tote bag. True iconic status. Yeah, but it's not just any tote bag. This is like a really good tote bag. It's got a second zipper, an internal zipper. Yes, whatever you want to put in the tote bag, that's your business, okay? What we're mm-hmm. here to talk about is you keeping LiveWire going. So head on over to LiveWireRadio.org to see the various member levels it does not matter how much you are giving every month to LiveWire. It just matters that you do it because it goes a long way for us. So thank you. Vacations, weddings, birthdays, and reunions. Oh, my. There's so much going on. Get the most out of your spring plans by stocking up on pre-alcohol now. Zbiotics pre-alcohol probiotic drink is the world's first genetically engineered probiotic. It was invented by PhD scientists to tackle rough mornings after drinking. Here's how it works. When you drink, alcohol gets converted into a toxic byproduct in the gut. It's this byproduct, not dehydration, that's to blame for your rough next day. Zbiotics produces an enzyme to break this byproduct down. Just remember to make Zbiotics your first drink of the night, drink responsibly, and you'll feel your best tomorrow. Go to zbiotics.com/slash 
LiveWire to get 15% off your first order when you use LiveWire at checkout. ZBiotics is backed with 100% money-back guarantee, so if you're unsatisfied for any reason, they'll refund your money, no questions asked. Remember to head to zbiotics.com slash livewire and use the code livewire at checkout for 15% off. Thank you to ZBiotics for sponsoring this episode and our good times. Welcome back to the Livewire House Party from PRX. I'm Luke Burbank here with Elena Passarello. All right, let's get back to our conversation with comedians Thomas Middleditch and Ben Schwartz talking about their improv special, uh, Middleditch and Schwartz, which debuted on Netflix earlier this year. Were you guys in the early days considered rebellious? Because a lot of what's really fun about this show are the times when you're very clearly <laughs> indicating to us, the audience, that this is improv. Like, you're kind of tearing down the fourth wall. Was that, like, considered verboten when you were starting out? I think if we were in class, like level one class at any of these institutions, that kind of thing may be kind of like, well, let's let's walk before you can run, mm-hmm. ah. you know, just because and I get why, because you're trying to teach good scene building, good character work, good, like just stay in the moment. Don't try too hard, because I think when you're just starting out, you're like, ah, let me jump off the cliff. And it's like, wait, 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 <laughs> these are professionals, you know, <laughs> hang on. Um but as you as you spend more time in the, uh, my dog is really having a good time. Ben, you want to take this one? <laughs> hey, um, <laughs> I'll say that uh, there's uh, um, Potter. That's enough. <laughs> <laughs> is your dog's name Connor? No, Potter, like Harry Potter, oh. but he's behaving more like a Voldemort. I tell you what. <laughs> uh, uh, I, the, the the question I had was really about the way that you guys are constantly kind of deconstructing the idea of improv. Oh like, yes, yes. Then you handle is this it. kind of improv for people that don't maybe love improv uh, as viewers. Cause I, I get really anxious going to an improv show cause I'm worried it's going to be bad, but I felt very safe watching you guys. That's amazing. And by the way, I think that's one of the things at the beginning of the show, us talking to the audience is to try to get, try to get you comfortable with us to show you that we're going to you know, like, we're, we're just here to have fun and stuff like that. Um, but, uh, in terms of rule breaking also at the beginning, not as a kid ever. And then when you're doing improv, just like how Thomas said, you don't really break those rules. And then I was in a group called hot sauce beforehand where we did that quite a bit. And Thomas had done enough improv where once you do it for enough time, you kind of start playing with what the rules are and what they feel like and stuff like that. Uh, and I think that ultimately leads us to there. Thomas, he just asked if you could be any giant in the world, <laughs> which frost giant? giant, okay, done. Sorry. Frost giant. Are you talking about a New York giant? No, 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 no. You're right. Frost Giant was exactly the question when you left. Fantasy. Good. My wheelhouse. (laughs) We're talking to Thomas Middleditch and Ben Schwartz. They have a show, Middleditch and Schwartz, on Netflix um, that's long-form improv uh, comedy. Uh, Do you guys ever go completely blank when you're up there? Like, even maybe in any of the Netflix shows? Is there a moment where your brain just can't think of anything it's very rare that both of us at the same time have that. There may be one where one of us is like, uh, and the other one will pick up the slack, but a very, very rare that, right, Thomas? I can't remember a time where both of us are just standing there like, uh, we'll sometimes paint ourselves into a corner that's <laughs> so hard to get out of that yeah. we'll be like, what the, what the hell do we do? How do we, how do we land this show? You know, we've been performing for an hour and we have like 10 minutes left, but what the hell, how does this end? We'll have that, but I don't know about blank stares, Thomas. What yeah. do you think? There's been a couple, there's been like a couple times where you're like, I don't know what to do. Do you? Okay. No. Well, let's just try this. Part of the fun of why I love performing with Ben and why I hope Ben loves performing with me, but maybe he doesn't. 
um, <laughs> is that like bananas. we will kind of break the fourth wall and be like, oh, what do you want to do right now? <laughs> like if we're right. genuinely stuck, that's part of that's part of the, the the show. Which I guess as as Luke, maybe you were kind of thinking about is that a faux pas? I don't know. We 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 can get away with it. We're a couple of scamps. <laughs> Luke's actual question when you left, honestly, was he sometimes he, do you look at these specials as improv for people who don't really love improv? Like not we don't, but he's saying coming from the point of view of someone who maybe isn't as into improv, would you say that this oh, kind of plays? Luke, well, did I just actually, ruin your question? Our whole- no, you, you asked it much more eloquently. I mean, I guess you're the new host. <laughs> <laughs> Elena is really excited by this news, which hurts. <laughs> <laughs> can, I, can I add yeah, to that notion? Is when we finally got the chance to put the, our show on Netflix, why we felt we were well poised to do it is because a lot of improv, a lot of long, quote unquote, long form improv, which can take the form in many different ways. There can be nine people on stage. It can be kind of like tapping people out, doing scenes. Like we wanted to make sure that the audience didn't need to know a lot of improv language, improv, Mm -hmm. like they didn't need to have taken level one in order to really get everything out of it. You just wanted it to feel kind of almost like a, an on the spot vaudeville act meets as you had said Luke, like kind of like a play mm-hmm. just this, a, a digestible thing that just happens to be made up and not mm-hmm. relying on like sweep edits quote unquote or tag outs and all this verbiage that you might know if you were really in the improv scene and i also think that there there haven't been a lot of examples of long form improv that are filmed ever so oftentimes when people think of improv it's going to their like friends class show um or a short form show which is very different than what we do although we love whose line is it anyway coming up but it's like um so when you're like, yeah, I didn't really like improv, it's oftentimes it's because you haven't seen like the real good women and men who do it. Yeah. And um, uh, there hasn't been an avenue really outside of like you do it for Thomas and I did it for free for 18 years. He did it for more. Wow. 18 years at UCB for 100 people, which we loved and it helped us garner our voice. But then, like, th- that's why there's not a huge platform. There was no really, okay, now what do we do? Now we can tour? How many people tour? 3,000 people. Okay, now we're going to do a special? Like, there hasn't really been that maturation. Uh, or if it has, it's been very limited. Oh. Yeah. I should mention for people who haven't had a chance to see the Netflix show yet that the show starts with you two on stage and you're interviewing some people from the audience. Yeah. And that's the that's where the story begins. And you get a bunch of details from their life and then those things come back throughout the show and build this thing that is like I kind of cried at the end of the first one. I was oh. also probably dealing with some, you know, my own <laughs> stuff. But like you guys, there's this wedding that happens, and there is a truly beautiful moment at the end that was more emotionally like impactful than I was expecting it to be. Have you heard that? Wait, what was it? Feedback? What Luke? Do you remember what part? That's it so. Was, I don't, that's so was, makes me so happy. Yeah. <laughs> it was this moment when you guys were standing, you know, sort of face to face. In fact, I think maybe Thomas, you were on a chair. I guess what it made me think about was what a hopeful proposition, maybe delusional proposition getting married is. <laughs> and there was this moment where you two in, again, having rolled through all these characters and one of you is like on a chair and it's in a lot of ways absurd. There was just this look that the two of you had that was like, oh, that's what it's like when you get married. At least that's what it brought up in me. Oh, yeah. That's, that's sweet. amazing. I, yeah. I think what his special about what Ben and I have discovered about what we like to do what we consider a successful improv show, you know, when after the thousands that we've done, we walk up off stage and we're like, was that good or not? And how we evaluate it. We both really like to dart 
back and forth from here's something crazy, here's something that we totally broke the fourth wall in, or I just said this just to make Ben laugh, I don't care if anyone else laughs or whatever, <laughs> just like the absurd and stuff, but without mo- without moments of genuine um, character, emotional weight, connection, it all feels a bit pointless. If it was just all that stuff, it, didn't, it wouldn't really matter. And we, I think Ben and I, we don't shy away from having moments or entire scenes or entire sections of the show, which are actually maybe just quite earnest. Like we want to play those yeah. moments. Yeah. So it's something that you can latch onto. That's very nice that that had that effect on you. Like That's quite touched. We do try to build our characters and have emotional stakes. So you feel something when good things or bad things happen to him, you care. It's funny. There's times literally in the show where people go, Oh no. Or, oh. <laughs> and Thomas and I will laugh because we can't believe that like a wizard jumping out of someone else's nostril made someone feel that way. You know what I mean? <laughs> How, how does the ending work? Does, does it like one person gets to just call the end when it feels appropriate? Typically for, for most long form improv shows, you're at a theater and there's someone uh, at, on the lights who's well experienced mm-hmm. watching improv shows and oh, wow. they will call when the show is done by kind of cutting the lights. It's called the blackout. And we... After years of doing it, we were kind of like, oh, I don't want to leave it up to someone else. I want to yeah. I want to be able to call it. And so really what we're just looking for is once all or most of the story elements feel resolved and feel satisfying, we're just looking for something kind of funny or something that just puts a bow on it. And then one person, either one of us will step out and say, that's our show. And there has been times where it's like, I wasn't done yet or oh, like, no. yeah. man, that too, that took too long. We should have done it 10 minutes yeah. ago or whatever. We'll have not arguments, but debates, let's say about when yeah. it would happen. But it's kind of, it's better and we feel it more secure in our hands than, than, than anyone else's. We also learned that it's better to cut it off short than to miss the blackout. Yes. Um, and then you're on stage for 10 more minutes. Just Fishing for another like, joke. Yeah. You're like, <laughs> oh man. Well, also there's, uh, we. it's almost like when you're writing a movie and you have those three acts and we feel like we're in the third act, we'll oftentimes look at the clock and be like, all right, there's 10 minutes left. Let's find a way to end this kind of is what our heads are doing. Mm-hmm. And we'll be like, all right, what can we call back? What can we do? And um, But no, either one of us can call it at any time. Uh, for any reason, like it's, it's every, every part about the show is made up in that we've done a show where it's just the two of us in pretending to be in beds as little kids talking about monsters and the fear of being like an adolescent with no additional characters or anything, no additional characters. And then we did a tour show where it was Thanksgiving and we played maybe 18 characters around the same Thanksgiving table going crazy. Yeah. (laughs) So it could be like anything. I love the way that you guys use the space for multiple characters, like the, yeah. the, all, the just two chairs. And then all of a sudden there's like an entire congregation of, of people. Uh, um, but I can't imagine it's easy to keep 18 characters around a Thanksgiving table straight. <laughs> the, <laughs> <You know? laughs> the challenge of all that is really fun for us, I think. And it's, and the, 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 the spinning of plates, I think, is is an enjoyable. It's an additive experience for the audience too, because they're like, which plates are going to drop, and are yeah. they <laughs> yeah. are they going to mm-hmm. be able to land all effectively? It's, I think, that mental math is a fun part about the show. <laughs> but it's so interesting to me too. <laughs> By the way, this is uh, the Livewire house party. We're talking to Thomas Middleditch and Oh, is ben this Livewire? Wait, hold up. Is this a Livewire dance party? House party, it baby. Is. It is. No, it's. I a mean, dance it can party turn too. into a dance party yeah. if you guys if you guys want. <laughs> This is a like extremely public radio question, but I was just sort of wondering, like having developed the ability to go onto this stage with no 
planning in your head about exactly what's going to get talked about and then just knowing that you can reliably generate like an hour of funny, interesting stuff, like knowing that that you can get through that, does that actually impact the other parts of your life? Like when you are in the normal world and something feels daunting or like, I don't know how this is going to turn out. Are you less scared because you guys are able to do this thing on stage? Whoa, take it easy, Terry Gross. What a great question, Terry Gross. What an NPR question. (laughs) What an NPR. Grab your tote bag. Let's chat it through. Who am I talking to? Kajon Cermak? Give me one more. Thomas, give me one more. Thomas, one more. Go. Who do I got on the phone here? Cherry Glazer? Nicely that was going to be my go-to. You know, there's an indie band named Cherry Glazer. <laughs> of course, there in is. honor of the real Cherry Glazer. What, what is this? Uh, morning becomes eclectic on KCRW. Uh, regional. This is his. Regional. This is his Jeff Foxworthy character, but just NPR <laughs> references. <laughs> no, I think that's a great question. We we've never we. It's funny. We do this a lot. We do so many bits that I enjoy getting these fun, serious, nerdy life questions. Um, I don't know if it. We're both probably have moments where we feel awkward, but um, I feel like if I'm one on one with somebody, if I'm talking talking to somebody, uh, I'm always able to have a conversation with them. But I'm also interested in human beings and like all that stuff. But uh, that that makes me feel like, yeah, I can kind of have a conversation with that because that's what we're doing. It's just scene work. It's two people talking on stage. There's a, there's a philosophy in improv, kind of a golden rule, as it were. It's called yes and. When you're learning improv, that the first thing you learned is to, in a scene, when you're making up on the spot, is to agree with what the person has contributed to and then contribute to your, yourself to it. Mm-hmm. Um, that, to me, is a, is a really nice kind of life philosophy that can sure. help one get along with a, a bunch of different situations, even if the situation is an obstacle or a person is an obstacle. It's it's much more optimistic and positive than my typical resting outset <laughs> life, really? life view is, but it's a it's a cool little I don't know it's a it is a cool little mantra to have tickling around in the back of your brain of just yeah let's try to go along with it more. Mm. Are are you guys uh, gonna do more of these specials on Netflix? This is where you come in, Luke Burbank and Elena. (laughs) We need more people to watch them if we're going to get more. Right now, it's almost like how we started as improv group. The way that people learned about us at the beginning before we were on TV is uh, word of mouth and people doing it. And then we got more shows. So the same with this. We don't really get more shows until uh, if, if enough people watch, if it's popular. I'm, I'm going to tell you, it was it is the best thing, the best culture I have imbibed in months. And oh. <laughs> I had no expectations at all coming into it. I'm, I'm, I don't know anything about long form improv. And it was a delight. It made my brain work. It made me think about storytelling. My partner oh, was great. laughing so hard. He like was grabbing my arm, like save me from laughing. <laughs> I mean, everyone should watch the show. It was just wonderful. Oh, wonderful. Thank you so much. Thank you. Well, Ben Schwartz and Thomas Middleditch, um, congrats on the show. It's really amazing. And thanks for taking the time to uh, talk to us today. Thank you. This was a blast. Thank you so much for having us. That was Thomas Middleditch and Ben Schwartz recorded back in June of this year on the Livewire House Party. And Middleditch and Schwartz is still available on Netflix. If you have not seen it yet, you simply must. It is incredible. A special thanks this episode to Kathy Harwood of Milwaukee, Oregon, and Frank Hood of Camas, Washington. Kathy and Frank are part of the Livewire member community, and they are generously supporting us with a donation each month, which we are very thankful for because it is genuinely how we are able to keep doing this show. 
52 weeks a year. So thank you so much, Kathy and Frank, for supporting Livewire. This is the Livewire House Party. I'm Luke Burbank here with Elena Passarello. Each week, we like to ask the Livewire listeners a question and get their responses. This week, in honor of the holidays, we asked, what was the naughtiest or nicest thing you did this year? I'm still reeling from the news that you got secretly married, <laughs> Elena, and didn't tell any of us. But let's see what the listeners are saying. What, what are the naughty or nice things they did this year? Well, I would just like to go on record to say the majority of these responses, naughty. Um, hmm. What do you think about that word, by the way? Naughty. We talked about it in a production meeting. Oh, if, yeah. Uh, if it had a connotation we weren't looking to make on public radio, and we decided to roll with it. But yeah, there is a certain uh, kind of, um, what, adult connotation to the word naughty sometimes? Yeah, it's weird. It's it's like a, that, and it also is just kind of we- like a weird word, like naughty, naughty. Like, just- well, when you say it like that, it's really weird. <laughs> What's the Livewire audience saying are some some naughty or some nice things that they did? Among the many naughty ones, uh, here's okay. one from Rachel. I sent my friend a batch of cookies and intentionally sent the kind I knew that her jerk boyfriend wouldn't eat. <laughs> <laughs> I hope it's not because he has a nut allergy. Right. That could be dangerous, maybe. You know, the worst mistake you can make when that dynamic is going on, and I think we all have been in that situation where someone we know has a, a partner who we're not huge fans of. Hmm. The thing you got to be careful of if they break up is don't celebrate too early. Yeah. There's nothing worse than somebody breaks up with someone you weren't a fan of and you are like, oh, good riddance. And then like three days later, they get back you, see them, you see them walking <laughs> out of the new seasons holding hands and now you have played your cards. Oh, yeah. That's how to not get invited to those Zoom cocktail parties anymore, though. Well, so maybe I should do it, actually. In disguise. <laughs> What's another a naughty or nice thing that one of our listeners did this year? This is like the last nice one, really. Okay. This is from Sunny. I bought my friend some new metal cooking utensils to replace her old worn plastic ones. I knew she needed them and would not replace them on her own. Gift jackpot. If you can think of something that Mm -hmm. someone needs but is probably not thinking to get for themselves, that's the ultimate gifting experience. (laughs) Yes, thank you. One of my favorite words, gifting. mine too. (laughs) Um, Somebody got me a spatula years ago Mm. and it's, 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 Fairly nondescript, but they had basically Googled what's the best kind of spatula for a variety of reasons. Um, And that thing changed my life. It's red. It's plastic. It's very thin. And, like, it really has improved my whole cooking experience. Yeah, some of those little seemingly Mm -hmm. kind of banal things, if you get somebody, like, just the right thing for that, that's a really nice thing to do for somebody. All right, let's have a naughty one before we get out of here. Naughty, naughty. I'm only letting that character go because we're so, kind of celebrating your wedding belatedly. Oh, okay. <laughs> you can do any accents or weirdness yes! you want this week. <laughs> oh, hold my beer. I think this is naughty. Uh, it's from Caroline. <laughs> I pretended my mother-in-law's birthday package got lost in the mail. <laughs> oh. I guess it's, it could be nice because it's nice that you made up a story and didn't just tell her that you didn't want to buy her anything. But um, I'm assuming it's naughty just to tell that little... It's not even yeah. a white lie. It's more of like a gray. <laughs> no, that's just a lie. That's just a straight, <laughs> it's a red hot, straight up lie. lie. <laughs> yeah. This is the Live Wire House Party. I'm Luke Burbank here with Elena Passarello. Uh, let's keep this party going. Uh, up next, we have maybe one of my favorite stand-up performances 
uh, from our show that I can remember. Oh, yeah. Like, in a long time. Atsuko Okatsuka had been regularly hosting this amazing sold-out show at Dynasty Typewriter in L.A. called Let's Go Atsuko. Of course, that is now on hold. But you can still listen to her comedy album, I Control Me, online, wherever you listen to stuff. And you can follow her on Twitter, which I highly recommend. Uh, check this out. This is Atsuko Okatsuka at the Alberta Rose Theater back in February. Let's get to it. Calm down. Let's get to it. I will now do comedy. I would do not. Okay. Now that we're here, let me tell you a little bit about me. I uh, I get I get spooked easily. I get spooked real easily. Yeah. And uh, people think I'm cool. You know. Uh, yes. Thank you. Uh, people think I'm cool. Oh, she's so chill. You know. Uh, but uh, let me tell you, I will fall apart if a teenager talks to me. <laughs> no thank you, you know. Uh, this is what happened, okay? Uh, recently, I hung out with my teenager cousin for the first time with my husband, and uh, I was already intimidated going into the hang because she's way cooler than I ever was when I was 18. She wears uh, colored contacts, she has numerous boyfriends, and they all know about each other, excuse me, you know? And so I was like, wow, that's so cool. She's so cool, you know? And so going into the hang, I was already like puffing up, you know, trying to be cool, really stiff. I was puffing up, I, I would take out cigarettes and, and drop them, you know? Uh, any sort of movements, whoo, I just crumble, you know? Yeah, and uh, you know, we were just small talking, me, my cousin, and my husband, when suddenly my teenager cousin says the most terrifying thing to me ever. She just looked me straight in the eyes and she goes, Hey, you skate? I was like, excuse me? She was like, you skate? And I was like, what? Do I skate? Oh, I just crumbled. You know, I just crumbled. Yeah, yeah. And the words that come out of you, you know, when you're intimidated, it's shocking. You know, you can't stop the words from coming out fast enough. Just like, I vape. Comedy Central, I don't know, by Coastal, do kids say that these days? Fresh produce, you know, it just all came out of me. And I, I couldn't stop the words from coming out fast enough. And I also watched too, as my husband also crumbled. Uh, he was like, uh, do, do we skate? Uh, well, one time we did buy a skateboard. Uh, you, you, you mean like Tony Hawk? And I was like, damn, damn, you know, cause Tony Hawk is like so 2002, you know, like. It, Excuse me, we're trying to be cool here, you know, and so before he said anything else, I just stopped and I was like, uh, yes, uh, like Tony Hawk and other people who came after him. <laughs> yes. And so I saved him. I was like, okay, and you stop now. And uh, I looked back at her and I said, uh, do we skate? Uh, yes, we do. We are skaters now. And I just presented myself to her, and uh, I was like, what just happened? <laughs> what just happened? I just crumbled, you know? But y y you know what it is? It's, it's gaslighting. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, what she did was gaslight. Yeah, because how can you look at me, okay? How can you look at me? And my husband, too. He looks like straight out of J. Crew sales rack, okay? How can you look at us and, and then ask such a question? 
you skate. That is the most loaded, most terrifying thing you can say to two adults who are already trying so hard. Okay. You skate, what, what does that even, use your words, you know? I want to be like, use your words, girl, you know? What does that, you know, the ice skating or skateboarding, you know what I mean? I got so mad thinking about it. I was just like, you know what, you know, it's 2020. Use a, you could ride a bicycle, okay? Like an adult, you know? I wanted to just, <laughs> skateboarding, you know? Stop messing with my cool, you know? Stop, I'm already trying so hard, okay? Just regular life is hard for me already. It is. Regular life is so hard for me already. You know, people call me out. I say weird things, you know. Like the other day, let me tell you. I'll tell you right now. The other day, I touched tongues with a stranger's dog. Thank you. Listen. Listen. This is what happened. I did. Yes. I saw a dog being walked by its owner, so I got excited. I bent down to pet it, and uh, uh, the dog started licking my face, just... And uh, yeah, I started to talk, so I opened my mouth. So boom, contact, you know. <laughs> tongue to tongue. And uh, uh, let me tell you, I let it give me a few more, you know. Uh, <laughs> because life is hard. <laughs> because life is hard, and I was like, I'm going to get love wherever I can. <laughs> here will do, you know, and so it was me and this dog, tongue to tongue, and uh, let me tell you, the owner, the owner of the dog, she hated it, she did not <laughs> like it at all, uh, she gave an audible, she was like, ew, oh, are you kidding me, and for some reason in that moment, I woke up, and in that moment of fear, the only thing that came out of my mouth back to her, the only thing I said, I don't know why, I just said, oh, don't worry, I'm married, <laughs> And she really didn't like that, you know? Uh, yeah, but that's just me. Weird words come out of my mouth, you know? And I don't do well, you know, when, with embarrassment, with shame. Anytime I feel it, anytime someone calls me out, I go for the jugular. Anytime someone's like, Atsuko, why'd you say that? Atsuko, why'd you do that? I'm always like, well, you know, I never wanted to be here anyway. <laughs> I give up right on you, you know? Atsuko, why'd you do that? Atsuko, why'd you say that? You don't skate. I'm always like, well, you know, none of us had a choice, <laughs> did we? <laughs> and I'm a firm believer in that statement. I truly am a firm believer in that statement. Yeah, like life, like all of us, okay? Like being birthed is the ultimate, I thought you'd like this. <laughs> situation. That we were all pushed into, okay? None of us had a say, okay? None of us had a say. We all come out crying, is what I'm saying. <laughs> you know why? Because it's all terrifying, okay? Our mothers had the brilliant idea. Oh, here's a surprise. Here's a surprise gift. You live here now. You live here now. Open your eyes. We come out crying. Our first breath hurts as babies. We're just like, ah, 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 ah. cut to an adult grown man in the same room sneezing 30 times in a row. Just, achoo, achoo, achoo. You're like, oh my God, what's that? That's your father. <laughs> that is your father. He cannot get it together. Okay. Life is freaking scary. All right. Is what I'm saying. So I'm sorry. I made out with your dog. 
I never wanted to be here anyway. I'm an Otsko. Thank you so much. Thank you. That was Otsko Okatska <laughs> from back in February. This is the Live Wire House Party. I'm Luke Burbank. That's Elena Passarello. Otsko is in a TV commercial that I see oh. all the time. And she's not doing stand-up. She's just being an actor. But every time I see it, I'm just like, hey, it's our friend. She was. Otsko. She left quite an impression. Like, she dressed Certainly. amazing. She was hilarious. Yeah. She was fun yeah. to hang out with. Uh, yeah, I'll never she was her. great. Uh, again, you can check out her comedy album, I Control Me, online, wherever you get stuff like that. And check her out on Twitter. All right, we got to take a quick break, but don't go anywhere because we will be back in just a moment with some music from Amethyst Kia that you do not want to miss. Stay with us. This is Livewire. Livewire is thrilled to be partnering with Portland's own Portal T this season. Formerly known as Tea Chai Tay, Portal Tea is the premier tea company in the Pacific Northwest. They make one-of-a-kind handcrafted tea blends like cinnamon churro chai and blueberry cream earl grey use the code livewire all lowercase for 20 percent off at portaltea.co welcome back to the live wire house party i'm luke burbank here with elena passarello rolling stone calls uh, our musical guest this week one of Roots Music's most exciting emerging talents. Uh, and her song, Black Myself, was nominated for a Grammy for Best American Roots Song. We were so excited that she was able to join us uh, actually right before the lockdown went into mm. effect. And we have been uh, vibing on her music uh, ever since. This is Amethyst Kia performing live at the Alberta Rose Theater back in February. So when 
How many nights until I finally can breathe? How many spirits does it take to lift a spirit? I don't know. I don't know. Cause I bought every spirit and I'm still Firewater won't save me I'll forsake the path of felt Please Can you just leave Can you just leave Can you just leave Me That was Amethyst Kia, recorded at the Alberta Rose Theater back in February of this year. Uh, she's going to have a new album coming out next year. So we're going to put that on the list of things we're looking forward to yeah. in the future. All right. Uh, before we get out of here uh, this week, a little preview of next week's show. Uh, we are going to be getting geared up for 2021, Elena, uh, with some hangover tips from the author Shaughnessy Bishop Stahl. This guy is like the perfect guest to have on Yes, uh, right after New Year. He toured the world looking for a hangover cure. And we interviewed him to find out what he learned. Uh, you know, um, just from a scientific standpoint, not because we would ever be hungover or anything like that. No. Um, now, if you are actually trying to be healthier in 2021, we have you covered as well. We're going to be talking to Jenny Brusso who is the founder of the Unlikely Hikers community. Uh, and she's going to talk about what a more inclusive version of outdoor media and culture might actually look like. And also, we are going to be looking to get your answers to our listener question, which is where our social media manager, Ariana Donneville, comes in. Hi, Ariana. Hey, Luke. How are you doing this week? I'm good. I'm good. We were analyzing your refrigerator in the background <laughs> yes. there and you leaving <laughs> post-it notes to yourself to make clean food decisions? Yes. Make clean food decisions and drink more water. Has that been working? It has. Every time I go to get my frozen gummy bears, that's my obsession. I look Mm. at, I look at it, it says eat clean. So I grab a carrot instead. So I need to put a post note on my fridge that says, be more like Ariana. (laughs) Don't we all? I am not making good decisions right now. That's all right. We're in a pandemic. Um, So uh, what is the question for the listeners this coming week, Ariana? The question is, what's your New Year's resolution? Oh, classic. Very on brand. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. What's the best way for folks to send in their uh, New Year's resolutions? Listeners can submit their questions on our social channels. We are on Instagram and Twitter at Livewire Radio, and we're also on Facebook. All right. I've already said my New Year's resolution is to be more like Ariana. Yeah. (laughs) W-W-A-D-D. All right. Thanks, Ariana. Thank you. All right. That's going to do it for our show this week. A huge thanks to our guests, Thomas Middleditch, Ben Schwartz, Atsuko Okatsuka, and Amethyst Kia. Livewire is brought to you in part by Alaska Airlines. 
Laura Hatton is our executive producer. Heather D. Michelle is our executive director. Tim Harkins is our production director. Our producer and editor is Melanie Sevchenko. And Ariana Donneville is our marketing associate. Our house band is Sam Tucker, Ethan Fox Tucker, and A. Walker Spring, who also composed our music. Molly Pettit is our technical director and mixed this episode along with Corey Schreppel. Our house sound is by D. Neil Blake. Additional funding provided by the James F. and Marion L. Miller Foundation. Livewire was created by Robin Tenenbaum and Kate Sokoloff. This week, we'd like to thank member Brad Robertson of Portland, Oregon. For more information about our show or how you can listen to our podcast, head on over to livewireradio.org. I'm Luke Burbank for Elena Passarello and the whole Livewire crew. Thank you so much for listening, and we will see you next week. Wouldn't it be amazing to have a piping hot episode of Livewire delivered right to your heart and ears each week? Well, guess what? That can happen when you subscribe to the Livewire podcast feed and you'll get the joy of surprising conversation every week. So go ahead and do it. It's super easy. You click on the button at the top of your podcast app and bam, you are Livewire subscribed. And if you're still, you know, feeling the love, if you're enjoying the show, hey, maybe you could hook us up and uh, leave us a quick review. That'll help more people find out about Livewire. And thank you.